You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Good evening. Yes, it's been two weeks already. And here you are with Punk Wisdom, Matt, Allison. And sometimes Jessica. And she's not here. No, we have Alan tonight, though. We do have Alan's Alan. badass, so. We do have Alan. Yeah, I like her. I'm going to kick Jessica out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Jessica. There you I go. do, really. Kind of. I'm starting to show off early. I see. Yeah. Right. So uh, today we're doing a show um, about Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, he so lovingly labeled it uh, the art of being a dick. So. You know, like, I guess when people either just rub you the wrong way or you get obligated to do stuff you don't want to do, I guess we're going to try and give you tools so that, one, you don't obligate yourself to do them, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And two, they know they're rubbing you the wrong way. They stop doing it. Matter of fact, they stop communicating with you altogether. Some, and there's a, and there is an artistic way to do that. I mean, you can be just you know a flat out asshole, which is fine. But then you look like the bad guy, so why not make it a little fancier, right? Yeah, yeah. We don't. Yeah, yeah. So, what'd you do the last two weeks before we jump into it? Oh, before we jump into it, well, uh, I collectively with nine other people, um, approximately nine other people. Gave 37 high school seniors their diplomas today. So that nice. was nice. nice. It wasn't too god awful hot in there. So that was nice too. And with only 37, you're not sitting in there for four hours. It, so. Right. It was like a half an hour. There like our boss, the principal, is like, look, let's just. In fact, I think the national anthem was on the schedule, but uh -oh. somehow. Yeah, Careful. we all we all knelt for that one. Apparently, <laughs> you know, we we all knelt so low nobody heard it. You guys just skipped the last names to make it go faster. <laughs> Jason, or just last names? <laughs> no, right? No, but there were um, but there were kids that were um, trying to finish their classes uh, for the last two nights till two, three in the morning, just just grinding, grinding, grinding. Chemistry will Good kill for them, you. Though. Algebra two is killing them. So, um, yeah, but they were – their moms, us mentors were up in the middle of the night unlocking their final exams and – uh, Yeah. So a virtual education is great until you realize it's 24-7. So you're running on fumes right now. Pretty much. Yeah. I did get home after the graduation and take a nap. There you go. So the hair is part deliberate, part <laughs> lazy boy. <laughs> so that's always – I didn't even care. I don't even care. Mm -hmm. I don't care if mm -hmm. I look like Alice Cooper. I don't – I've been trying to maintain but – I don't. Who cares? I don't care. It's Friday. I'm not that. Important. I have. That's okay. Uh, I have three weeks off before summer school starts. Nice. So now I only You're have to work on. School. I am doing summer okay. school because I'm. I'm the only earner. Oh, that's fine. I'm not. So not I just don't. I don't want to not get paid. Right. I don't I, want a whole I summer of unemployment. So yeah. So we're gonna stay employed. I'm gonna keep it? my other two jobs. Your job here. My job here, yeah. and then Matt's Splatter Graphics, so I get some time to really kind Which of promote we need to talk about. I got BookFest coming up, and I need to talk to you about that shit. Right now. We'll do that off off air, though. Yeah, all right. So anyway, how are your two weeks? Um. All right, all right. Uh, I, there's a lot, but I want to get to the subject, so what I'm going to do, <laughs> there is one time. It's okay. Before we get into it, tell me how your no, two no, weeks no, no. were. I, I'm going to bring up one thing I was going to talk <laughs> about, because it segues right into uh, our topic of the night, so I didn't want to – I want to make sure everyone else – or uh, you. <laughs> Everyone else. <laughs> Get your two cents in before I jump into the main topic. Um, I finished my first draft of my next book. It's done. And so far, I've, and I'm right now in the process of doing what I call the rewriting phase, where I read through it a couple times and do any rewrites that I need to do. Um, so I'm doing that now. I'm also gathering a list of names for all those people out there who are listening. I'm gathering a list of names of people for beta reading. I need people to read this ahead of time so I can make some changes if changes need to be made. Um, I want to make sure there's no plot holes. I need to make sure that uh, everything's consistent, runs smoothly, the story's not boring you to tears, that type of stuff. 
um, and get honest, some honest feedback. I don't mind. I've had a couple of beta readers last time who were just like, it's great, Matt. And that's all I got. I'm thinking, yeah, that, that helps me entirely. Thank you so much. I, I like to praise. Thanks. But it doesn't help me fix anything. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. Um, so I'll be doing that. Can I ask you a question? Sure. What is it like? I mean, first you have to go through all the effort of writing the book. Mm-hmm. Making sure it's all in order, right? So you get your outline and you do this collegiate effort at multi-pages, right? Mm -hmm. What is it like to read it several times after that? Don't you? Like when I – okay, when I – when I create something, I just created a um, like an eight-minute PowerPoint graduation presentation, right? I busted my – by working for like three weeks on this thing, trying to get every senior, trying to you know tick names off lists. Do I get all the staff? Do I get all the kids? When I finally finish it and I press play from the beginning, I come back and I go, oh, crap. I've been totally like spaced out for the last 30 seconds, so I got to go back. I got to mm-hmm. – I get to pop back. Do you ever like go into autopilot? How how hard is it to read a book four times? It, like all at the same time four after you time, wrote it? Four times is fine. It's when you read it through the 50th time, which is what will happen. I'll read this. I'll read through this book about 50, more, probably more than that before I actually publish it. But you can do that like consciously like and, mm-hmm. and be conscious of the words and – yeah, because I have got nothing else going on because I know how my brain works. So I have nothing else going on. I'm usually plugged in and I'm in my zone and I need to get this done because it's actually work. Um, but the part, the fun part of writing is done after the first draft. When you start doing editing and rewriting, that's boring as shit and I hate it. So I want to get it done as fast as I can because I don't want to read my story 80 times. I, I don't. I don't think that's what I'm. That's kind of why so I'm asking. Like, always, who would? After I published my first book, I thought that I thought in the beginning before I even did it, I'm thinking oh, it would be kind of cool to hold my own book in my hands and read it. Not at all. It was no. cool. It was cool for me to hold it. Yeah. Actually, I other was people, like, oh, my friend wrote this book, <laughs> and me, I'm just like, I, no, thank you. <laughs> I've got no interest in it right now. Um, I mean, I am interested in the characters and so on. So I would, you know, that type of thing. Are they but, people to you? Yeah, they're all me in one way or another. But they, but they, but they exist. They exist in your head. Yeah, multiple personalities. Yes. yes. Hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. They do. They're, they're. Yeah. They're all. Because now you're you're almost like their father, right? You're well, responsible for their happiness, their well being, their futures. Yeah. It was funny because I was I watch different podcast. I listen to different podcasts and watch different YouTube videos, different authors, and what they do, and so on. So some write outlines. I don't use outlines at all. Um, another one says that oh uh, she she. Uh, That's another. She's topic. got like a. An outline for each chapter practically and how the chapter is going to lay out. I'm like, I don't do that. I have an idea of what my chapter is going to be and I just start writing. And the characters take over and shit happens. And people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, just do it. My characters – to me, my characters are living and breathing and this is what they do. Um, And so usually I – sometimes I have an idea of what I want and the chapter will not come out that way at all. So it's just – it's I don't know. It's weird. Wow, it, it is weird. Creativity. I don't know what you want to call if it. If I did it your way, I would have I would have a book the size of Moby Dick to start with, right? <laughs> and then once you once I cut all the I digresses out, <laughs> it'd be it'd be a pamphlet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I'd, yeah, you know. So anyway, um, <laughs> what's funny though is I'm writing this book almost entirely on my by myself. Before my first one, I had my I had a writers group, and this is actually what's going to get into the topic tonight a little bit, tiny bit. It's kind of a nice segue. Anyway, um, I had my writers group where they would critique my stuff. I'd, you know, submit like a chapter or two or whatever, and they'd look at it and critique it, tell me how bad it is, or how good it is, and whatnot. Um, and they, I will legitimately say, they helped me in my writing tremendously. I went from being very juvenile in my writing to where I'm at now, and I'm continuing to get better. I, I love the group to a certain extent, and I say that because it's funny is I had to leave the group. Because I started school because they, they met on like every other Wednesday night and I went to school every Wednesday, every Wednesday night. So I had to stop going. So it wasn't like I was going not going because I didn't like somebody or something other, something stupid. It was legitimate reason I can't go because of this. But what's funny is not really funny. Haha. What was interesting is like when I left, that was it. I hadn't heard from these people at all. Nothing. No one like zips you an email saying, hey, miss you, buddy. Nothing. 
And then when I and they wouldn't even acknowledge I existed, not even on Facebook, even um, in, unless I met them face to face. Oh, hi, Matt. How are you doing? Things are great, Batman. And they're all talking like we were the best friends in the world. I'm like, where the fuck have you been? And it was funny because there was a couple of them. I actually said, "Hey, can you give me?" Cause I can't go to group, but if I give you a chapter every now and again, can you give me, you know, some feedback? And because I might, I'll, I'll give them something that I'm struggling with or whatever. I go, and it doesn't have to be nearly as extensive what we do during writers group. Just give me an overview of what you think and blah blah blah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Did any of that happen? Nothing. So I'm like, okay, all right. So it just makes me self-reflect a little bit. And then when I left my D&D group, because I used to go and play D&D every other Friday, I don't do that anymore. And we, don't, we won't get into that now. We'll ask later why we're still bi-weekly. What? Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> and, but ever since I left that group, the guys in that group have not contacted me at all. So I'm like, I thought I formed some type of bond with these guys. Nothing. Um, which was so – why I think this is going to lead into this into our topic is like I know I can rub people the wrong way. Um, me being, you know, some people would call it dickish or assholeness or whatever. Um, me, I just saying it's I'm I'm autistic and I say things I probably shouldn't sometimes, um, and I can't always stop myself from saying these things. So sometimes I just go with it. Um, some people are okay with it. And obviously, most people are not okay with it. That's why I have very, very select few friends. <laughs> um, it's better that way anyway. You know, and so that's why it's like it doesn't surprise me that I didn't get very many responses from my old writers group or from the D&D guys I was with or anything. Because I'm like, all right, I get it. I'm used to rejection. I'm used to people not dealing with me if they don't have to. So since I'm not part of the group, they don't have to deal with me. So they choose not to. And same with D&D and so on. I get that. And believe it or not, I'm okay with it. Most people – it took me a while to get there, but I'm like, eh, whatever. So our topic tonight is you know, the art of being a dick is how I wanted to label it because I thought it was a cool title. Um, but I don't necessarily think I'm being a dick, but I could be. I, I don't – I mean I don't know. I'm, I usually – normally you can't judge yourself on that. People usually tell you whether or not you're being a dick or an asshole, which I get That's quite true. Often. If you could judge yourself, you probably wouldn't be that so you would never have to. Well, I, I, I was listening to this. It's kind of circular. It's funny as uh, one of my notes I wrote here it says uh, people in the world, there's, there's people in the world that don't know that they are dicks. That's why reality TV works so well. Because people get on there thinking that they're their they're their king shit. Oh, people will love me. Look at me. Look at me. And they get on the show and, and they're actually assholes in real life. They just don't know it. And that's why the show works so well because people like watching destructive relationships and people being assholes to each other. That's what makes reality TV popular. Makes It's funny. I, I thought it was pretty clever. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. There are probably a lot of people out there who don't really realize how much of a dick they actually are. And – Anyway. True, but my argument would be um, anytime somebody is strong, willed, assertive, confident, right? And they can come off as dickish. Yeah. So, what somebody considers somebody being a dick could be just a crybaby with thin skin. True. True. So, all right. So, I have a uh, like a working definition here. That we can Matt, introduce our guest. Well, this is Josh Lowry. He's a friend of mine. I believe just one, got Mr. Anonymous to have been fine too. That too. Well, you know, you're one of the few people in my life that actually pays attention to me. So <laughs> I got to give you props when I can. Right. Right <laughs> man. I feel you. So, yeah, this is Josh Lowry. I've known him since what? Crap. Since, since we were little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. You're a long, you're a lifer. I'm a, I'm a lifer. Okay. It's been a long time. Nice. I did not know that. I've been trying to get Jason in here, but I'm not sure if I'm ever going to That's going to be that. a tough one. The single dad thing is a. Yeah. A little rough for getting him out of the house sometimes. But anyway, yeah. he's a mutual, Jason's a mutual friend of ours. But anyways, go ahead. I right, have so, teenagers who can babysit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I actually came across an interesting article in The Atlantic called Why It Pays to Be a Jerk. And in there, there was an author by the name of Aaron James who wrote a book called Assholes, A Theory. And in there, he has a, he has a <laughs> working definition Funny. of what an asshole is. And nice. it goes something like this. Uh, an asshole is someone who allows himself or herself to enjoy special advantages and does so systematically. 
Uh, he or she is in, has an entrenched sense of entitlement. And three, he or she is immunized by the sense of entitlement against the complaints of others. And I think that fits for Matt, the conversation you and I had a little earlier, how there's certain groups of people are immunized from the complaints of others. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also uh, what you were talking about with the people who who come across as being arrogant or self-confident or, or something like that, that they, they do have an inflated sense of, of self. And is it necessarily them being an asshole or is it just, I am more than confident in myself and my abilities. And is it a good thing or bad thing? And saying you have an inflated sense of self, does that always imply overinflated or is there is there no I, because when you can walk with your shoulders back and your head high people get intimidated by confidence i was not not too long ago we had our little uh critical thinking group remember that josh mm-hmm. I think me you and beth were there yep and we were talking about this issue we're having with the family um, and she made a point, which I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but she made a point of, and I would love to have gotten her on, on one of our shows, but she says she hates her voice on the mic, her recorded voice. So she, <laughs> she doesn't do have to it. wear the headphones. I don't know. She can just. Anyway. So she made a point. She's like, uh, she's like, I think people are just intimidated. She's like, they're, they much rather talk to Ruth because Ruth is very, Ruth's really easy to talk to. Um, whereas me, they know that they're going, I'm not going to take shit. And I will stand up for myself if I need to. And so that can be intimidating. That makes sense. I think um, intimidation – no, the wrong word. I think confidence can come <laughs> off as being dickish. Is that Freudian? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, but confidence can come off as being as being dickish um, or assholiness mm-hmm. or whatever. It is kind of warm in here, isn't it? It's really hot. Um, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's when people are just being a bit too oversensitive. Um, I don't know, unless I'm wrong on that, but I don't think. Well, well sometimes there confidence. are people who are oversensitive, and then there are some people who are not oversensitive. And when they have a legitimate gripe against how somebody is treating them, somebody titles them oversensitive. So it's all relative. You can't. There is no standard. No, True. it's got. A, it's probably a personal standard. Yeah, I mean it's different for every person. Well, let, so let me extend the definition a little bit then. Um, so what separates an asshole from a psychopath? What's the difference there? And the answer is – Which one am I and which <laughs> one are you? I'm the psycho. The answer basically is more reasoning. So the the asshole or let's, let's say it's somebody who has a, a inflated sense of self understands that people have rights where a psychopath may not. But the asshole uh, sense of entitlement – says that his or her rights are more valuable than the rights of you and I. So again, is it just an inflated – I'm neither. <laughs> is it just an inflated sense of self or is it somebody who is saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm confident in my abilities and I don't, uh, I don't, I don't trust you or I'm going to walk all over you, which I guess then you get into the Machiavellian thing of I'm going to step on you to get where I need to go. And are you being a dick or are you just I'm really good at what I do? Well, it's definitely a dick move. I, I would think so. Yeah, and I think there is a line there, though. I mean, if you realize if someone, I mean, you can be confident and not know that you're being a dick, but when someone confronts you on that, I think then you have an obligation to actually weigh what you're doing. Like, okay, maybe I need to step back a little bit, be a little, have a little bit softer approach or whatever. And if you can't do that, then you're just a flat out asshole. Um, and I think that's an issue. I, I mean, that makes sense. Okay. It does. I mean, it does. But like I said, it's it's all based on the self-esteem of the person who's telling you you are. So it's it's their sense of self it is their right. So so then there's that if person. they're a martyr for, you know, your behavior, then it's like, oh, you know, you're mean to me. And and I don't I don't necessarily think if somebody says you're being a dick. That, that they're the be all end all of the dictionary definition of what that is. It's all relative based on well, their yeah. sensitivities. Here, here's a. So here, I, it would, it would depend on who's telling me that, whether or not I believe them. <laughs> well, here's a, here's a, I don't know, someone gave a definition of dickish behavior or at least a, I don't know, it's not really a metaphor. It's a, I don't know. Anyways, it's like, it's, it's not being late to a party once or twice. It's being late every single time. Even if you have 
a legitimate excuse. So every time this person's late, they have a real legitimate excuse, like mother's in the hospital or something. Every time they're late for something, they always have a good excuse of why they're not late, but yet they're late every single time to something. That is what we could be labeled as dickish behavior. Yeah, that's, that's more along the lines of just being inconsiderate, though. Of yeah, other right. people, though. But I think but inconsiderate still, people are uh, dicks. So I'm <laughs> saying you can, the, the behavior can be an unconscious behavior of just you doing it and you're not even realizing you're doing it. Sure, but some people, I would agree, are inconsiderate because they haven't considered but I think, but I think, gets to a point. Then, if that gets pointed out to you, obviously, then now you dumb. have, yeah. <laughs> if it gets pointed out to you, then I think you're obligated to actually, like, okay, do I continue this behavior? Because then, if you continue it, then you're doing it on purpose now. Right. Then it's deliberate. Right. So I think that's. I don't. know. I think there's got to be some people out there who have to, you know, bring it up. But if you are, I don't know. It's hard when you bring up a whole oversensitive person, and I still think. And I could be wrong in this because I, I probably I, – I forget – I'm forgetting words now. <laughs> I mean I, I'm guilty of this myself. <laughs> I'm guilty of this myself to where you know it's uh, – when you're doing that to somebody who is oversensitive and you just keep doing it, um, even if it's subconsciously uh, or unconsciously or however you want to do it. Um, it's, it's still, you know, it, that there is still is dickish behavior. And I think the person who's sensitive, they need one, they just need to be learned to, cause I was telling you before, uh, Josh earlier, I was like, Ruth was, Ruth and I, I'll use this as an example and she'll probably yell at me later. She'll definitely let me know. <laughs> but there's boundaries. <laughs> you said assholiest. <laughs> she laughed. She thought that was funny. Um, there's boundaries. Everyone's got boundaries. I think every relationship's got boundaries. I mean, me and Allison, I can throw barbs at her and she's – you're pretty, pretty good with them. Because I and, spit them back. Right. And I, and I take them just back just as fine. And I don't mind that. But there, and I think every relationship at a certain point, there you try to test where those boundaries are at. And I think real true friends are able to throw barbs at each other. And and laugh them off. As it's like uh, Pete Rollins, one of my favorite philosophers, says that there's an Irish thing, a Northern Irish thing, to where they actually go to the bar and they Johnny Antrim. And you actually he says the he's like a lot of the Nor- Northern Irish lads or ladies would go to the go to the bar knowing that they would that the whole purpose was that you're going to get ridiculed there. This is just what they do, and so usually you go in there and you just bunch of friends and if you can't take the barbs being thrown back and forth, you just don't go. But they go there on purpose because that's what they want. They want that camar- the camaraderie. They want that, you know, so on and so forth. So like, here in America, that just doesn't happen. Um, and people find it rude and stupid or dickish or whatever. It sound I don't like, know. It sounds like Dick's Last Resort if you were every, – Every <laughs> pub in Northern Ireland is a roast in the making. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I – so where I was going with this with Ruth, it was like there's – at times, I mean, I've been pushing her boundaries for years, trying to test. I was tested those waters in the very beginning. And there's only so far you could go. Um, I'm getting to the point. I think she might correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm getting to the point to where I can tell her to fuck off, and we both laugh at it. If I did that five years ago, would there would be no laughing happening? Because um, I don't necessarily mean it in a you know mean way. I guess well, in her whole life. I mean, granted, we, we didn't speak for years. We kind of lost touch for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But in my memory and her personality and her family and her friends and just her her general life, I, I, I can't tell you how many people – maybe she can text me – how many people she's had in her life that were like that. So it might have been – she had been kind of been protected. Oh, definitely. Or at least isolated from that kind of behavior for her whole life. She had such a gentle upbringing. It was beautiful. I was envious. Um, I did too. What the hell happened to me? I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know. I had the meat grinder childhood, so I think I don't it was all that religion that was getting pounded into my head. Which is why sometimes, <laughs> if I have to tell somebody to fuck off, if 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 I have to assert myself, um, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. And at some point, I don't care if you think I'm a dick or not. First of all, you're never going to speak to me again, so I don't have to care. Second of all. You probably weren't that great of a friend to me in the first place, 
And the more friend, in my opinion, the more friends you have, the more people are interested in the fact that I have a pickup truck whenever they need a couch yeah. <laughs> moved or right or some shit done. By the way, or, I have a bed that needs to be moved. Right. So, um, so it, my circle is small only because I just I don't have the tolerance for other people and the obligation for anybody's life but me and my family's. So, um, but a few people fall through the filter and then they're there forever, and that's just the way it is. Um, like with you and I, like the Barb's, I don't feel like having a friend you can't honest and hardcore passionately debate with without worrying about hurting their feelings. Yeah, if you have to worry about hurting their feelings. They don't understand you as a friend, which means they can't provide the friendship that you require. So I don't. So it's not really friendship. It really isn't, in my opinion. But that's just me because I don't have a hole in my you know, well, belonging section. I, I it's don't not care. just you. I, I think every true friendship has that. Um, you can't get any deeper in a relationship if you aren't will if you if you can't take. Uh, a barb, even if it's, I mean, even if it's just friendly, I mean, you got to take the criticism. I mean, I mean, just true friends are going to do that anyway. They're going to give you constructive criticism. If they're really criticism. your friend and I look fat in that dress, God damn it, you better fucking tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? If you yeah. let me go out in front of people, go, oh, no, you look great, right? Oh, Matt, your book is great. Seriously, what kind of friend is that? You Unless do, you're being completely and totally honest. Just do what I do and refuse to answer the question. <laughs> Well, that's answering it in itself, though. Yeah, no, you make your own decision. If you refuse to answer the question, do I look good in this dress? The answer is no, and I don't want to say so. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure how long. Because if maybe, it's yes, and maybe you're Ruth, totally going to say yes. But yeah. I've been married long enough to know that both answers are wrong. Well, that's what's funny. Was, well, that's true, because if the, she doesn't feel she looks good in it, it that, then, That's the correct answer. Do you like it? And if it's... No, right. then are you change. The answer is actually, are you comfortable? You are go. you comfortable in it? Nope. Because if you're not, don't wear it because you'll be tugging at it. You'll be, even if it looks great on you, you're going to feel like it doesn't. Ruth will tell you. Ruth will tell you that I am completely honest with her when she brings that stuff home. She'll try it on in front of me. I'll look at I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. But that actually brings up a good question. Am I a dick for being passive? And answering that question when my wife asks, does this look good? And I refuse to answer the question. It depends on the personality yes. of your wife. No, it <laughs> yes. depends on the personality I, of your being, wife. Am I being an asshole? Because if your wife is is grounded down to earth and, and is very receptive to your honest answer and you don't give it, then yes, you are. Okay. But if she's very sensitive and if your honest answer would hurt her feelings and then you'd spend three days not talking, then no, her personality requires you to finesse her the way she needs to be finessed, not necessarily tell the truth. Well, I think Ruth's to the point now where she knows I'm going to be honest. She says she laughs with you when you tell her to fuck off because she knows your heart and she knows what you mean. Um, but still, she does instinctively just kind of yeah. cringe and be like, God, that's the <laughs> that's the upbringing. You know, that it is the upbringing. It's right, because she didn't she didn't hear that kind of language that her you know her family yeah, what's really i think this is kind I of tell funny. Heather to i think fuck off all the time. i think this is funny interesting and funny she also says it to at, me, the, so. at the same time is that i can count on one hand how many people i actually told the fuck off and really meant it like you are a dick get out of my fucking face um as opposed to i use it all the time with friends and family and numerous times so it's kind of funny how i don't usually do it very often to people i can't stand um, you know, I could, I could never do that. I could never just tell somebody to fuck off. I don't think. I don't I, like I, I said, I haven't done it <laughs> very few times. I mean, I do it with friends and family just when I'm kind of goofing off. We're like good, going back and forth with each other. And I'm like, fuck you. Have you ever done it in a way that was um, poetic? Like, have you ever, you know, those people you like to screw with? Um, either because you like them or because you don't like them could be for either reason, <laughs> either reason. Um, but like, you know, those people that just have a way of telling you to fuck off and then you don't realize it until later and you go, oh my God, like I was just told off and yet it was so poetic. I didn't, re <laughs> I didn't realize that that guy hates me and wants me to die. Well, I know I'm not that eloquent, um, You'll know if I'm telling you to fuck up. <laughs> but I, I guess that but no, would be I don't the think, part where the I think the, people the, have the done art, that to me. I, I well, that. that's what I'm kind of trying to get at. Being, and I think about it from the context of uh, my work relationships. Um, and I don't, I'm going yeah, to – Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, I do that to my boss all the time. Well, I'm going to yeah, point out. I get it. Yeah. I'm going to point <laughs> out more so. Oh, let's say you're your C level. He wouldn't know it, but yeah. <laughs> I think you have to have a certain amount of narcissism to be successful as like a, a CEO or a C level executive because you have to get there and you have to stay there. Um, and you have to be able to tell people, fuck you. But you have to be able to say it in but such a way. you can't say that, right. Yeah, you got to be, be able to say it in a, an artful way where it almost feels like the person – like if my if our CEO were to say it to me that I would feel like I'm saying it to myself. Like, oh, yeah, I really am the asshole in the room. <laughs> Even if he's the one that's being the – and if you can master that <laughs> – and, and the example that I had on here was Steve Jobs. I mean the, the stories you read about him was he's a total asshole. Total. But it's his company and he's got a successful product and whatever he did somehow worked for him. If you can't find the dick in the room – you're the dick in the <laughs> All right. Well, we found him. <laughs> He's sitting there. He's got the PlayStation. No, but I, I agree. Today. There was a, a job. I, wor- I worked for a Sneth Camp Chrysler years ago in their parts department. And they their general manager was a guy named Al Deby, And he actually owns, guess what? Al Deby Dodge. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I, we called him a professional asshole. We'll send him the bill for that advertising. Yeah. We called him a professional or asshole. Be suing because us for he was. Libel? Yeah. Which yeah. one is it? He was a legitimate asshole. He was All a, publicity he is was good a dick. <laughs> but everyone had respect for the guy because he was hired in as a parts driver and he worked his all way up, all the way up to GM to he made enough money to buy his own dealership and so on. So this guy started way at the bottom. So he had respect of everybody there. Even though he was a dick, people respected him. Um and he would be one of those guys who would Because he can walk the walk. Right. That's but he'd be thing. one of those guys that would tell you to fuck off, but you didn't know he actually told you to fuck off. Um, he was that professional asshole. But yeah, I mean, I that makes total sense. So yeah, I think you have to have I don't I don't even know what you call it, but a certain a certain amount of patience, first of all. Because that's and then the attention span of playing the game. Right to be that kind of a person so okay. to sell someone to fuck off when they don't want to. Right, it's the creativity. Yeah. It's the you kind of it's like a game plan. Right, you got to lay it out. And I just I don't I don't if I really really see I don't play the politics game very well. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't go, do good um, do well in the regular public school district. Right, the administration that you, your hands are tied. You don't have the freedom. To do what you want with the students, um, i.e. teach them mm-hmm. the real things mm-hmm. that y- they need to learn to discipline them or at least to have the power to be able to say, you can't be in this class anymore because you're disrupting, you know, 25 other people. Sometimes it's almost 30 other people. The classroom sizes, all those things. So, but as soon as someone said, oh no, you can't do that. I'm like, why? Because don't they don't they deserve to know like whatever it was and it, it was something i thought would have been beneficial it was something i thought would have been i don't know kind of kind of realistic in in the it was a life skill kind of a thing and i thought but they need to know these things they need to know that you know whatever what well, i can't even remember and for no reason at all just because it might get a little sticky and you might have to be able to uh, stand up and defend your position. Nobody wants to do that. We just want to ride through, right? Do what the book says. Do what the the plans are. And I was like, I, they need more than this. I don't. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So you know, over here, if I say get out, he's not going to be coming back five minutes later with the principal going, "Now nah, you can't kick him out. You got to keep him." No, I don't. And the principal was like, hmm, "Well, what'd you do?" <laughs> so it's kind of that kind of thing. Where if you want to be artistic in telling somebody to fuck off and kind of – you got you to gotta invest time. You got to invest effort. And if I want someone to fuck off, I just don't have the time and the effort. I'd rather just – why don't we just burn this bridge completely to the ground and then whatever. So where does, uh, where does passive aggressiveness come into this? Because I'm thinking there's a lot of people out there who will project – It their, shouldn't. Where they, well, there's people out there who will project their own hatred of themselves – Onto everyone else. Oh, very, very much so. And so, but how those much? Are, those of, are the same people that possess the uh, the self confidence. Um, no, I mean, because obviously their self esteem is really low, right? So, I, I mean, passive aggressive, I think, would be the the exact opposite of the art of being a dick. I mean, you're you're all the way the other extreme. 
Yeah, I think the uh, the, the the person who's good at being a dick is not passive aggressive at all. They'll they'll tell you. Exactly I agree. What very they direct. Tell you. Um, but they'll just be very be very nice about it. Hmm. I can't see, and that's the thing: the roundabout, the playing the oh, it must be nice to have it. You know what? Shut the fuck up. I don't seriously. You can actually stand there after being passive aggressive like that. Like you don't feel like there's a giant spotlight <laughs> I, 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 shining. I want on to you? bring. I want to bring up a perfect example of this, but I probably shouldn't. Make me swear sure, a whole I'm lot. not sure if this person is actually listens to a podcast or not, and they'll know who they are if I bring it up. Um, but I recently we I recently had a, a conversation with a group of people. I'm going to try to keep this as vague as possible. <laughs> Um, where one person was actually saying, well, you know, if you would, if you would have done this or if everybody needs to do this. And I think that one of the other people in the group was just like, you know what? Stop putting your guilt on everyone else. Just because you're feeling guilty about this doesn't mean everyone else about that kind of thing. But I kind of look at that as being, I mean, that in a way is dickish behavior. Uh, but I think that's going back to what I was saying before, just projecting that hatred or projecting that guilt that you have of yourself on other people around you. That unfortunately with something like that, that's hard to – I think it's hard to crack, meaning you catch it right away for what they're doing. If you're smart enough, you know what they're doing. But you bring it to their attention. Nine times out of ten, they're going to get aggressive on you um, or get agitated or they're going to you know, say something stupid. Um, so I'm not sure what the uh, answer is to that one. But I think you can be a dick at both ends of the extreme then. So you can be the overconfident, I know everything dick. And you can be the, uh, I have no self-confidence at all and I'm going to take that out on everybody else kind of dick. Well, well funny, just though. like just like the, the political party, <clears throat> being all They're the all way dicks. one way or another <laughs> – you, know, you funny, have though. to actually take a dick class in order to get into politics, <laughs> I understand. But being any extreme is never, ever good, right? There's always that middle if road. You, if you really want to get deep with this, I'd almost argue that the person – Almost? I would, I would argue that the person who is overconfident being a dick and the person who's got self-esteem issues as being a dick are both doing it for the same exact reasons. They both have some self-esteem issues. Um, the person who's overconfident – is the only reason being a dick is because there's something going on in his life that he feels that he needs to put himself above other people. It's not just because he thinks he is. I think that's part of it, probably a big part of it. But I think there's also something underlying in there too that he's got issues himself. I that's like why I've always I've always have a tendency to give everybody the benefit of the doubt no matter what. And so when this when people I had someone call me about this conversation we had a while back with these group of people, someone else called me up just to complain about this certain individual. I was like, I was like, I give them the, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I'm like, maybe they, they, they've got things going on in their life. I've always do that until they prove me wrong. And when they prove me wrong that they're being a dick because they're just an asshole, then, but still, I still think there's something there that's causing it. Um, it. Unlike the person who is being artful about it or just trying to be funny about it. I mean, how many times have we taken a joke a bit too far? Or at, at somebody's expense. I mean, we always poke – in close group of friends, there's always times where we're poking mm -hmm. fun at each other. Sometimes it goes too far, especially if there's probably a lot of drink or, you know, dope involved or something. Um, did I just say dope? You did. You, you old <laughs> fart, you. What's next? Grass? <laughs> grass. Grass. <laughs> nice. That's great. God, I totally lost my train of thought there. Well, <laughs> I would. I would think that – for both of those personalities and both of those extremes, one would be doing it as a maybe subconscious reflection of those insecurities. The other one would be using it to try and cover up uh, totally. what they don't want other people to realize about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, one would be doing it accidentally. The, well, the other one's kind of doing it accidentally as well, but still, it's 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 a concerted effort to cover up their weaknesses or their or their emptiness or whatever it is that they're lacking. Yeah, like so if we really want to get Freudian about it, yeah, I'm pretty sure that there's everyone's doing it. I think I think it's blanket blanket blanketed across <laughs> the board that people are doing it sub, probably subconsciously. Just there's something else going on, or so to cope. Yeah, it's they're, a coping. That and it's always easier to feel better about yourself when you're looking at somebody who's lesser than. 
you know, and, we're, and we're, now we're getting into the whole duality of thinking and the binary thinking of creating an us versus them mentality, which is what religion's been doing for years. Um, and I don't want to get into religion. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Stop right there. Uh, 36 uh, minutes. Sorry. I'm just seeing how long it took us to say that word. What, religion? Yeah. <laughs> I said it earlier. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, I did say Shit, it Shit, I missed it. Yeah, you oh. did. Well, I'm the dick. Yeah. Well, you know. That's why, that's why we're friends. So, of course. No, but I think, I mean, yeah, I totally lost my train of thought again. Oh, sorry. I? Yeah, you know, that's me. Religion. That doesn't help Helpful? at all. Religion sucks. <laughs> well, all right. So, so, uh, so let's say, okay, let's say you're like me and the directness is – to be honest with you, even if it's somebody I don't like, to be direct and I guess as blunt as possible is still a favor, I think, <laughs> that that people do to each other. Like we may not like each other, but I'm going to be respectful enough to give it to you straight, concise, and with no – possible way to misconstrue i think that's a nice thing to do even for someone you don't like you may not like it but at least i've respected you enough to give it to you as i have it well i have i have certain people not certain people i have, there's people in my life that will one avoid my advice because they know i'm going to give them a logical honest opinion and there's people who will specifically come to me because that's what i'm going to give them um, because they need to hear it, even though they know it. Most people know it, but they'll sometimes they like to hear it voiced out loud. And I don't have any problems saying it. I think that's what they like is that they know they can come to me and they know they're going to get a. And I hate saying the word brutal honest because people hate that, I guess. Um, but they know they're going to get an honest opinion out of me. Um, but then there are people who will totally avoid me because they don't want that honest opinion because it's. Because once you know, you can't unknow. <laughs> truth, well, truth hurts, you know. Honesty can hurt, and be, I think we all want it though. That thing, that thing, that bugs me the most out of everybody. I can't stand when I have to send when I tend send text to people or call people or even email people when I ask them a question. Like, look, it's okay to say no. It's okay to do this. Give me an honest answer. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Trust me, you're not going to hurt my. We feelings. are kind of the easiest podcast engineer in the whole world, aren't we, Ellen? If you're getting, like, we don't more... get too loud. We don't go crazy. We just kind of <laughs> drone on. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question was: hey, if you're that kind of person like me, and if you think, I mean, I'm not. I, I guess I say doing somebody a favor is the wrong way because that's narcissistic. But at least it's it's respectful of the other human being to never wonder where they stand. Never be like, I don't. I don't really know if she likes me or not. Because I don't think there's anybody who would ever say that about me. Like, I know she does or I know she does not. But is that, a, is that being a dick? Well, I think that's a huge benefit for me. Um, in fact, I mean, it's like a double-edged sword when it comes to my personality, my, my autism. I do appreciate I being able to be assertive and straightforward. I love that about you. Um, but like I said, that's a double-edged sword for me. Whereas people know that's what they're going to get from me. And if they don't want that, they're not in my life or they have very few times they actually, you know, interact with me and which is fine. I, I, I was just talking to Kirsten today about it before we let Josh answer that question. Um, I was talking to Kirsten about it because Kirsten had a long conversation with Ruth last night that Kirsten came up to me. She's like, Dad, she's like, I'm trying to – so why is it that I have to text all my friends and they never text me? She goes, I'm always initiating conversation. I'm always initiating the text messages and so on. I'm like, welcome to my world. I'm sorry. I go, but there's certain people that just can't take that type of personality. I mean, she's autistic and she's got the same tendencies as I do. She doesn't know how to lie. So she's going to be honest with you. People don't, there's a lot of people out there don't like that. There's a lot of people out there don't like that. And so they don't want to hang out with you. They, and I told her, I'm like, it sucks. I'm sorry. I go, but But the friends she makes will be the friends that yeah. she, they're really yeah, friends. Yeah, definitely. And that's what I told her. I'm like, that's why you hold on to the friends that you've got 
because you know that they're there. They like you for you. And those are those are hard to find. That's a blessing in disguise, really. Definitely. And I'm like, and you don't need you don't need a hundred friends. If you got five that are completely loyal. No, like I said, a hundred friends just means you get a hundred baby showers, wedding showers, <laughs> gift registries, <laughs> dinner dates. Friends. Right? That'd There's no way. Absolutely no, no way. Definitely. At some point you need your own life. So you can only manage what you can manage, right? All right. And that's what I told her. I'm like, I go, it's it, it, what, this is gonna be your life. It sucks in one respect, but in the other respect, you know that the people that are there, they're there. I go, but don't look bad on the ones that don't want to be there. I get it. We're a handful. It's hard to be around people like that. I I totally get that. And that's why I don't hold anything against people who don't like our first encounters and they walk away. First impressions are impossible for me. Most of the time, 99% of the time people walk away and they'll never talk to them again. Okay, fine. I understand that. You don't want to deal with that in your life. I get it. Whatever. Sayonara. Um, maybe that's easier for me because I'm not emotionally attached to people. I don't know. Um, probably makes it a lot easier. <laughs> or Kirsten's way emotional and way more empathetic than I am. So it's probably a little bit harder on her. I get it. And so that's – she's struggling with it a lot more than I am. But yeah. What was your original question so Josh could answer? I'd My original you. question was, um, first of all, as a side note – I think those people who can't handle having that that direct honesty, um, I think it's a testament to who they are. If you're insecure, if you're mm-hmm. trying like to consciously omit certain things, like not think about them, sweep them under the carpet, right? Being around someone like you would would just pull that carpet up all the time. So I don't necessarily think it's a personal thing against you all the time. I think it's they make me think too much about myself. They they bring yeah. those insecurities out in me, and some people just can't handle that. They, they can't cope. They're with not that. ready for it yet. My question was direct yeah. honesty. If you do it knowingly, um, is that always being a dick? Like some people can be directly honest with you to deliberately be a dick, right? Right? Like you can't be famous because you're fat and they enjoy that kind of thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) I've actually heard that. as a musician, yeah. Somebody somebody actually No, it's I because I thought it was hilarious. They said the same thing to John Popper. Right. And I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people, you know, say you're not pretty enough or you're not thin enough or whatever, and then people persevere. It's more I I think it's way more the inside and then talents and stuff. It finds its way out there. Um if you if you know if you if you don't get discouraged, but to be directly honest with somebody and not necessarily know who they are and what kind of personality they have is that mean? Is is that is that? Uh, I'm going to go with an it depends. Um, so it, it, what if you do it to see the reaction? Then you're an ass. Okay, I I have I been guilty of that be, a few times. Um, <laughs> I just like let's see what happens. Yeah. Well, in, in my extensive research prior to the show, uh, <laughs> one of the things that I did read was that it could actually Dr. come back John. to human evolution. So at one time you got ahead by being the bully, by being the the dick. You just plowed through over everybody else. You were in charge. You're the top dog. But as part of human evolution, we developed these feelings and empathy and. Um, want to be treated a certain way. So that would be one of those things. If you just show somebody and you're brutally honest with them the first time you see them in a room, yeah, you're probably being an ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's necessary to, to be that way. You want to kind of maybe feel them out a little bit first, get a No, those people a, are usually, trying to, their those people are usually trying to claim a dominance in the room. Exactly, yeah. which kind of goes back to the evolution thing. I'm the top dog in the room. I'm going to let you know that. So now you cower to me and mm-hmm. it's essentially I win. I'm in charge. That's I definitely, want you to know that. That's definitely purposeful dickish behavior. Well, I don't know because if you are trying to if, – if you're – if there is a purpose to be had. So say you're the biggest dick in the room but you're in a room full of applicants that want the job you're applying for. Then okay. okay. Yeah. Of course. You need to make them go, yeah, <laughs> good luck. So if you're in a competition, I can see that entirely. Yeah. Which is, and, which is where and, the it depends comes from. Right. And if you don't, right? If you're self-aware, empathetic to other people, I'm sorry, and I'm very empathetic. I work in the most liberal environment. Although we try and uh, – with the graduates, we try and put out more conservative people, right? Do for yourself. Don't ask for – right? When 
that kind of thing. But we are liberals at heart because we give. We pull money out of our own pocket for supplies. We give these kids uh, way more than the regular school hours, what we are paid to do, and we continue to do it day after day after day after day. So I think um, the people I work with are probably the the most liberal people I can work with. But to But to adopt that train of thought where everybody has rights and everybody is equal and all that, aren't you taking success away from yourself? Aren't you saying it's kind of like the good guy never wins? Yeah, but look at look at here you go. You write this down. No, look, look at Jesus. He, I'm sorry. He, there, he had every he had every every right. Every uh, I mean, he had the ability to be the biggest dick in the room. But he didn't have to be though. But it he was didn't. completely unnecessary and, though. And so he had magical powers. That, that that helps, right? I'm that talking about the helps. man Christ, not, not the <laughs> like I can like turn you into like blood, like literally outside yeah, in. I, I'm talk- I don't need to be a dick. I'm talking about the rabbi, not not the the, the fairy tale. Okay, um, fair enough. Oh, the I real mean, human, right? Gotcha. Right. So, and I, and that goes for everybody. I mean, they, where where do we draw that line? Because do you need to be that big dick in the room? Um, but then it guess it goes to do you actually need the leader in the room? Um, I don't know. There's a fine line there. But I think it, depending on what the group of people in the room are there for, that leader tends to come to the surface naturally. I mean, you'll, you'll notice somebody kind of naturally gravity. You'll end up with and people. That's, you'll that's, certainly in, notice in if extremes. there's two. That's, that's, the, that's the better leader out of them though. So if you have one guy comes in who, who's trying to aggressively take it as opposed to the guy who naturally just gets it just because of who he is or she is, that's the better leader as opposed to the one who's trying to grab it. I totally get it. There are people who come in and try and take control but then hit a snafu or can't either screw it up or whatever and someone goes, no, 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 no. Hang on. Let's do it this way. That's the one. So he doesn't. I think that's. I think that's human history. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, Rome saying peace through victory, meaning we are the top dogs because we kill everyone, whereas Jesus is like, no, that's not the way. We do it this way. People remember him more than they remember the stupid Caesars. Right. Well, it's Um, like good people are good people, um, not because they're proud. They're proud because they're good people. So it's kind of like, and and I also think that. That person, like the man Jesus, who gave, who gave his time, who gave his, you know, his effort and his physical labor to help other people to do that, rose naturally. Yes, um, that one who grabs it and and just takes it for himself and climbs might get there faster, but I doubt he has the mainstay. And I guess that that yeah. was what. Yeah, yeah. Because sooner or later he'll be he'll, revealed. He'll have to change the his tune will, at some point to be able to keep that to keep that position. And if you can't understand that there's still more you need to learn or there's still more you need to understand where a natural born leader would go, wait a minute, let's learn more first. I think I think that's where you can get. So that was my question. So is that natural born leader? Um, I guess let's, let's get down to since we're getting close to the end here, we can look at um, I think there is a level of dickish behavior that is OK. And I, we call it dickish behavior just because I'm calling it dickish behavior and I feel like it. Um but there's a there's a level of that's that's fine. Like okay, no, I get that. That makes sense. Then there's the kind of I'm going to grab it and take it just because I think I'm better than you, or I think I deserve this. Um, that kind of thing. Um, so the passive dickish behavior. Well, I, I, I want to keep bringing Jesus into it just because I like. <laughs> I'm, you like him. He's a cool dude. Th- Five is, minutes. This is such heresy. Jesus is a dick. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Josh is like lightning. Yeah, no. lightning. <laughs> Strike me now. Um, but he had that passiveness to where he could, he got to say those dickish things to people. And some people did walk away and didn't want to deal with it. Right? Like, but there you know was why nobody people... likes you, Zacchaeus? Because you collect taxes. Yeah. Well, Get out of the freaking tree. Stop collecting taxes. Find another job. Exactly. Let's and, move and on. For, and <laughs> to say that he wasn't being a dick in those situations, you're just kidding yourself. He was. Oh, I, I showed myself. I have a history with really. You do. I do. <laughs> I know the do. book. I know the book. I was a Don't yeah. we all? Yeah. yeah. So but I think that I think that behavior, I mean, it I think it depends on how we're doing it, what your motivation is behind it, and how how in, in like I said in the beginning of it, how you're doing it. <laughs> 
I think that type of behavior is fine. I think that's okay. It's okay. Well, and then sometimes you have to defend yourself. Somebody will be trying to, you know, to show other people that you're weak or convince you that you're weak. And there's a time when you got to go, you know what? Damn it. I've had enough. So at that point, it's really good to know how to do that because occasionally in life, you do have to stand up and go, I don't know who the hell you think you are, but we're done with that. Mm -hmm. So, so there we are. So, do you have any closing thoughts, Josh? Uh, I don't. I guess the uh, oh, you suck. my closing thoughts would be both to be a dick and don't be a dick. <laughs> Agreed. No, when it's oh my god, no when to be a dick. I've just had this like mind blowing epiphany. Uh, it's like the <sighs> alcoholics pledge, right? Know when to be a dick, right? When not to be a dick, and and the difference. Right, <laughs> situationally, right. I know, I know what you have to saying. be able to read the room for a minute. There, I'm like, where are you going with this? Oh, it's the it's the serenity me, prayer. <laughs> it is. That's what it is. I know the alcoholics pledge. I don't. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We've been drinking, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it up. But yeah, Bring that's the way it is. So you just, I guess, I guess, pay attention, <laughs> pay attention, and if someone tries to yank your chain, pull them down in the mud. That's right. what I that's what I've learned today. All right. And then Ellen has <laughs> cute shoes, impeccable timing. And Josh, it was really nice to see you again. It's a pleasure to be here. Right on. So we'll have, we'll what do you got? We'll have to got? do this again. What do I have? Mm-hmm. Um We can do how to be a nice guy. It'll have probably. to be 2 hours though. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I just bought tickets for Ruth and I to go see Rob Bell and Pete uh Pete Rollins in August. Rob, oh, I Royal saw Lo- somebody criticize him. Oh yeah, he's hardcore. A Oh, he's total hair. Not too long ago. Wow. I was like, holy so, uh, crap. So, yeah, we're going to go see him. He's coming to Royal Oak Music Theater in August. So, it's going to be fun. That ought to be interesting. Um, it'll be fun to watch. So, that's kind of it. I got, like I said, I'm working on my book. It'll be out soon. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Before we go, uh, the, the Book Fest, Detroit Book Fest is coming in July. I believe it's the 15th. It's a Sunday. So it was either the 14th, 15th, it's that weekend or whatever that weekend is. Um, down at Eastern Market, usually Shed 5, I think it is. That's what um, it was last year gonna be or a, last time. Yep. There's going to be a ton of food trucks out there. A nosh pit's going to be out there. Um, there's a, Order the Karen. It's There's going to be a couple of breweries out there too. So they're going to be selling beer out there. So that's going to be kind of cool, which is going to be kind of odd because the Michigan's got their law of cope, not having open containers of uh, alcohol in public. So that's going to be weird how they're going to figure that out. But anyway, they will. It'll be a tent. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be there uh, with my friend Octavia. She's from Chicago. She's an author. She's coming here to Detroit to do that. So I'm going to share a table with her. Uh, it's going to be fun. So come out and see that. I only have my one book to sell, but I'm going to try, try hard. I'm going to have to work with Mad Splatter because they're awesome and see if I can get some type of sample out for the next book to pass out to people. But we'll see what happens. We can do, you know, like a church pamphlet, like like a program. There you go. Brochure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be the limit to my. Yeah. Oh, look, a squirrel. That's exactly how it works out. And then it works. Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, right? Everybody, they wouldn't have a good ending either. Everybody would just like, I don't know, win the lottery, and everybody would be happy, and everybody like, what? The f- life doesn't work this way. I, but no, I would make no. everybody. I, 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 I kill a lot of people in this next book. Oh, that's way. I never yeah. thought about that. Killing people in a book would be so just great. Kill everybody. Oh yeah. If I don't like you, I'll just, you know, kill you off. There and you if you're homophobic and I don't like you, then I just make you gay. There you, you know? go. And then kill oh, you. <laughs> oh, ter- now that's a dick move. That is a dick move <laughs> to end the show on. So here we are with a minute left. Um, in two weeks, we are doing a show on... Games. games. We're going to talk about uh, tabletop, tabletop games, games. Uh, different games you can play with your family. There's a ton of different games out there other than Monopoly. Believe it or not, there's a lot Monopoly of games. Monopoly sucks that, and uh, nobody plays it by the rules anyway. Yeah. It's actually a dickish game. It is. Uh, I love Monopoly. If you're I play- do too, but I end up loaning people money. It's, it's if you're so play- stupid. In, in Monopoly, I will tell people to fuck off. If you're playing it right, it's a dickish game. Yeah. If you're playing it correctly, the <laughs> right, way they built right, it yes. to be played, yes. yes. So, so is life. life but is yeah, we're going to talk about a bunch of different games because there's a lot of cool cooperative games out there where you're not actually playing against each other. You're playing together. You're playing against the game as a Yes. Now, somebody so, between now so and a then. a lot of cool games out there. Uh, send me an email or some sort of thing to uh, talk me into playing Pandemic. It sounds like a great game, but every time I talk about it, somebody says, "Oh God, it. it's so hard." It is. Yeah. I've so never won it I, I need I need fun, some though. I need some stranger feedback. Brutal game? honesty. Be a yep. dick all you want. Yep. 
Yeah, but it's cooperative. And since my family might, you know, be like, you always win, um, that is my solution. So, and they're teenagers, and I want to, I want to get them into really thought provoking games. Yeah, we'll talk about the next one. I I invited the guys from uh, 3DM's podcast to come on and talk to us about that because these guys are into games, obviously. And um, they're dungeon masters. So we uh, we'll figure it out. If uh, it'll be fun. Cool. Two weeks. Uh, What is the date on that? Um, oh, yeah. we're a minute over. Sorry, Ellen. Are we? It is, yeah, the 15th. So in two weeks, two that will be the 29th. 29th. Yeah. So we'll see you back here, 7 o'clock, Podcast Detroit. What? Why are you whispering in a microphone? Oh. Yeah. Don't want to forget oh, that. Oh, no. There's one thing cool I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't seem to stay ahead of your bills, then this message is for you. How would you like to have a large portion of your credit card debts, medical bills, <laughs> and department store debt forgiven? Like, how would you like that? National Credit Card Relief would like to give you free information on a proven debt forgiveness program. This program has been used by thousands to legally forgive millions of unsecured debt. It's not bankruptcy, and it's not consolidation. The special program actually wipes clean a portion of your debt that is forgiven from what you owe your creditors. Call for free information and get all your questions answered in the first free call. The more you owe, the more you can save. If you have at least $10,000 or more in credit card bills, this debt forgiveness program can be very effective. Call for free information and find out more now. 800-218-7170. There is no cost or obligation for the information. Don't wait. Call 800-218-7170. That's 800-218-7170. Get your debt problem solved. Call 800-218-7170 today. That's it for us. I'm freaking exhausted after that. I hear you. I'll see you dicks late.